What is going on, everybody? I am Nick Valley. I'm Jonah Doc and I. And this we're is Rev Rock Revolution. Revolution. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I was like half paying attention when we did that intro. Did this, did we do that chaotic thing again, or do we line up? I don't know. <laughs> did you say we are? Or this is. I said we are. Okay, so it was chaotic. A chaotic. That's yeah, good. It's always I chaotic. Need, I needed to make sure we were staying on brand, Jonah. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, welcome back. Um, we had an amazing, amazing guest last week. So much fun. Coley O'Toole. Um, it, was it was really a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to mm -hmm. be fully transparent with you guys. We filmed an entire episode <laughs> before... <laughs> This one, but this was this is episode eleven, as you can tell uh -huh. from the title. Um, this was supposed to be episode twelve, um, but for s specific privacy reasons oh. and things that we are not allowed to share on the show, that episode was removed, and we cannot air that episode. So mm -hmm. we are redoing this episode entirely. We just love to be upfront with you guys, you know, um, and. Um, Without further ado, uh, Jonah, how was your week? What uh, you been up to? Any exciting announcements? Anything going on? I've been up to a, a lot of fun stuff. Um, All right. We are going to be dropping our first EP near the end of October. Uh, I'm just finishing up mixing the last few tracks um it's Crazy. it's gonna be awesome super hyped i i got someone working on the art um maybe i'll share some early stuff in the discord if you guys are in there so make sure to go into yeah, the description you, you guys to gotta join, join our discord you guys gotta join jinx's server right the fuck now because it's so yes. awesome in there the people are so cool and jonah gives a lot of really really awesome bts information yes um so definitely go check that out i'm super excited for the ep um i have not yet gotten the chance to hear some stuff but i know yeah, jonah's gonna be sharing it with yet. me hopefully yeah i'll, I'll be sharing stuff with out. you in the next couple of yeah so you know, i'll be giving you guys my next couple of days, unofficial so. review <laughs> yes oh, oh my god <laughs> for real Pro probably for real. Think, uh, tonight uh, tonight i'm gonna be trying to finish up the tracks maybe tomorrow and okay. then okay yeah, oh my god i gotta hear this man this is so cool listen i'm here's the thing i am just as much of a fan of jonah as anyone who watches this show or <laughs> listens to his music like i am such a super fan of jinx and all things jonah doc and i and xavier doc and i so uh and of course your dad as well um but the thing i i just like i'm obsessed with everything that this man does um he is not only one of my best friends but definitely one of my favorite artists um and you all should feel that way too if you're not like if you're just like a fan of me and you watch the show like check him out he's so good um so yeah definitely do that um, I'm super excited to hear the tracks. I'll give you guys my little, like, I'm no sneak peeks, but I'll give you, like, official review. Some little, like, if that's cool with you, Jonah. I'll, like, yes, just yes. tell I'd, the viewers what I think that. of the tracks. Like, okay, uh -huh. awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. super excited. Um, do you have a date, like, release date in mind for this? Or 
like I a, a round don't have a specific about... it's going to be either the second to last week or the last week of october the only thing that's like All right. like i haven't decided yet is because i'm trying to get a venue for the ep release party and then once i get that that oh, will determine that. the date <laughs> uh-huh yeah yes. so guys you guys gotta see him live i've stuff. only see because i'm stuck all the way out here in fucking new york and they're in california um i have never gotten to see them live but i have have gotten to do the audio and mixing for one of their twitch streams for the live so i've technically seen them live but only in a live stream if you live out there you got to see them live they are amazing live band they're so tight they sound like the record they sound better than the record uh, they're so good. Thank you. That's Go check them out. Means a lot, yes. I'm, I'm just, is this whole episode just going to be me fanboying <laughs> over the band? So prepare for that. Uh, I'm super excited. I, I, I just keep repeating uh-huh. myself because I am really ecstatic. Um, yeah, so that's so exciting, man. Uh, any live shows coming up? Um, we, have, we have one at the end of September, and then October is just going to be filled like pretty much every weekend. Except the first weekend because I'm gonna be going to Aftershock Festival, which is which is gonna be exciting. But then every single weekend after bro. that, bro, <laughs> bro, I wanted to go so bad, dude. You gotta uh, you gotta tell give your official review for the uh, viewers. And by the way, yeah. I feel like that's a great segue. I'm gonna get in, I'm just gonna like give you guys like a quick what I've been up to this week. Uh, but that's a great segue because this episode is all about live shows. Live shows, so, super exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so that's yeah, so cool, man. Gonna... Uh, I will literally get on a plane to come see Jinx live. I swear to God, just tell me when. Yes, I need to. We, we I need, need it in my we life. need to do it. We need to. Ha- we need to unite you and us. We need to. We need to meet in person. We we still haven't met in person yet. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I mean, you would think that we've known each other. We would think we live together by watching this <laughs> yeah. show, but like we've never met in person. It's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. The power of like the one of the only few good things about the internet. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> watch out! This could become a rant episode. Um, but yeah. Um, How's your yeah, week? So, been, what's going on with me? Uh-huh. I love that segue. We just both were like, "Okay, let's keep moving on." Let's. You were like, "Let's not have that happen this week." We've done too many of those. Um, so. Today is the 25th of September. You knew that. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't keep up with the calendar or you have dementia. I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's the 25th of September. And last Friday, uh, the piano version of Victimize should have come out. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, But, yeah. So I had some releases. You can go check that out. Um, Black Hole Sun. uh, Really good cover. I'm really proud of that. I did it on the piano. I love that cover. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much um i i really love the way it came out i think you guys are gonna dig it uh it's out you can check it out uh, i'm really proud of that so yeah it's been mostly just releases um i've been sharing you know more music content with people uh fans are really digging it uh it's been a good week you know i'm just kind of like getting back into the groove of 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 things i took a week off uh, I, yeah, so at the filming of this episode, not counting the one we had to delete, um, <laughs> this will have been since the last episode we filmed like three weeks or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been like, like three not, weeks. 
That was like when we when yeah. we met with Coley and we filmed uh-huh. that episode. Which nuts. Which nuts. Um there's been a lot going on on my end. I had a personal tragedy in the family that was really hard. Uh, it was right after a vac- come, that was coming right off a of vacation. Uh, my vacation was cut short. I had to come back. Um, so it's been a weird time for me right now. But I am. Uh, I also have a Discord server. I have communities. Join um, his community. He he drops. Yes, I'm, cool I really stuff. love. I All love my community so much. <laughs> uh-huh. We're I basically we're like basically one Jonah. I mean, you can quote like we're basically like one big family of like just friends in there. Yeah, it's, pretty it's like, much. I, I, There's always chaos I'm close going to my in fans. their server. <laughs> I'm pretty close to my fans. I have to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of the fact to be closer to them than like I feel like most artists. So um, I would love if you're not a part of that. If you're just someone who watches our shorts on YouTube and subscribes to us, and then. Happen to check out our show this week. Um, yeah, definitely go yeah. check that out. I mean, if if you like the things that we talk about in our shorts, you'll probably <laughs> the things in our shorts. Um, <laughs> if, the things. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I'm just going to clarify what I meant by that because we have an all male audience, and I do not want to get things misconstrued. <laughs> um, please. Um, you know, um, <laughs> if you like the things we talk about in our mini clips that are made for TikTok but are posted onto YouTube Shorts, um, <laughs> you will most likely like the music that we make because it kind of coincides with all the topics and things we talk about on the show. Tend to relate back to bands that are similar to us, have a similar vibe. Uh, fans of us also like these bands, so if you like that stuff. Go check out our music because I think you're going to dig it. And uh, then you'll be able to join our communities and our slash families. Basically the same thing. Uh, and you'll be able to get us to know us better and join the inner circle. Yeah. And yeah, so that's basically I just used my weekend, my weekly update to promote my Discord server. But, you know, <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to like hustle. Yeah, we, we got to hustle. One, one thing before we move on to the actual topic of this episode. One yeah, thing yeah, we have to mention. Course. You turned 18. Within the past week. I did. Yeah. I did. I'm Dude, officially a legal, unregistered voting adult. Um, <laughs> yeah. How, how does it feel, man? Uh, to be able to vote? Uh, I don't, I couldn't care less. Uh, <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. Uh-huh. Uh, not, not that different. I have to be honest. Uh, it's weird. It feels so different and it doesn't feel any different at all. It's like I know exactly, I feel exactly the same. <laughs> I feel exactly the same, but I feel weird talking to anyone who's under eighteen now because it's like I feel like I'm talking to a minor and I'm not a minor. And it's like just so many like I don't know if that makes any sense, but like it, it's just like I feel like I've entered a new world, but I don't feel like I live in it. I feel like I don't, I, Jonah. I mean, maybe you can make yeah. some sense of one of like when you turned eighteen. Did it almost feel like you were joining a new community, but you were like a part of another one, but you had to be a part of this community? And it's like you're not a member of these, but you are you are a member of this new community of being adulthood, <laughs> or like being like in that eighteen to twenty four bracket, that college age bracket. But at the same stance, it's like I don't feel part of this crowd, right? Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I I definitely felt that. It's like because like. When when you turn eighteen, nothing changed. Nothing like in that moment 
changes because the day before you were 17, you were you were minor. Except but, being like, able to vote. <laughs> yeah, except except being able to and vote. Like, and then, like, and yeah, like once you turn 18, like, it's, like, the beginning like legal of a documents, big Which, journey. like, you uh-huh. should not be able to do at 18. But let's just, like, talk <laughs> about that for a second. You should not be able to, like, be able to practically sign your – legally be able to sign your life away at 18 years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's no 18-year-old is, like, smart enough or, like, ready enough or prepared enough to be, like, the amount of responsibility that you start having to, like, fuck, taxes, bro? Like – I'm not ready for that. It's uh-huh. crazy. I don't think you I know, should be text- allowed to turn 18 until I graduate high school, which I haven't. <laughs> I'm a senior in high school. Yeah, That's why it's weird for me too. I'm still in high school, but I'm 18. It's weird. I, did you did you turn 18 after you graduated or? No, I turned I turned 18 in high school. I was on the I was on the older end. As okay, well so you get so you get exactly so what I'm saying. Weird. Uh-huh. It's a weird feeling. Because it's like, I'm still a teenager. Like, I'm still in high school. Like, this is not... You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, maybe yeah. like if I was in college or something, I'd be like, okay. Like, this is like this makes sense. Like, this feels like the natural trajectory. Like, I'm 18 now. I'm in a different phase of my life. But I'm still in the last phase of my life. But I'm supposed to... I'm being told to move into the next one. Yeah, it's like that weird, like, like have in one leg in each phase. Door. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. You're beginning to be yeah. an adult. But you're still in the, like, you're still grouped with all the kids, even though, yeah, it's, it really it's a, should it's be a tw- weird time. The world that we <laughs> live in today, the world that we live in today, like, people used to get, like, my grandmother got married when she was 18. So, like, the thing is, like, that doesn't, like, no one's really doing that anymore. Like, we live in such a different world nowadays. It's like, I feel like they should just move it to 21. That's my personal opinion, but like, you can't even drink. Like, there's so many things. Like, once you get to 21, like, I feel like that's like the new 18. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I feel that. No, in between 18 and 21, it's just such a weird phase. <laughs> it's like the, it's like this it's like this uh, purgatory, right? Uh-huh. It's the little incubation period weird. before you could actually be an adult. It's like it's like we're, we're going to call anything. you an adult, but you can't be do any adult things until you're 21. So then we know you're actually It's so funny. <laughs> it's so it dude, it's so funny. It's like you could move out and live at your own place and write your own place and like buy all your own shit and like basically survive on your own at 18. But it's like <laughs> you're not like prepared for any of that. Until you get into like your twenties, mm-hmm. so it's just it's weird. It's weird. The, we're not going to get into a government rant here because we'll be here all day, and <laughs> I'm not. I, this is not what we're about. Yeah. So let's move on from this topic. You opened a very sensitive door, Jonah. I'm just warning you. Um, I know you. That's not what you intended, yeah. but I did not. Intend it was that, about but... to go there. I'm going to shift that into a different rant. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about live shows. And specifically, we've been seeing a lot of rock shows lately. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that, I think. Unless, Jonah, you went to a BTS concert. (laughs) I don't think you did. I have not. No. But if there was in the area, I would probably go to it. I just love going to live shows in general. (laughs) I feel that. See, I love... Have you ever been to a pop concert? 
I'm curious. Yeah, I, I saw New Kids on the Block. <laughs> dope. Yeah, it was That's New pretty Kids dope. on the Block. I saw Harry Styles at Madison Square Garden when he did that, like, 15-show run. Oh, that's so, that's yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, so I, I get do want to see Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah. That, that was an interesting show. He, like... It was interesting. He didn't really do much as far as... He didn't have any costume changes. He didn't mm-hmm. have any, like... There wasn't a lot of choreography. He kind of just ran around the stage. And, like, the band was really good. Like, he sounded really good. His vocals are excellent live. Um, mm-hmm. He just didn't do much, like, as far as... There wasn't a lot of choreography or stage planning or anything like that. Like, he, you could tell he spent a lot of money on his lighting rig. And all the rehearsals were dedicated to the band sounding tight. Because um, it didn't really feel like... I feel like there could have been more into, like... Not da- I'm not saying he had to dance or do choreography. I'm saying, like, I felt like there could have been like, more into, like... the stage presence? Yeah, like, it was, like, not that he was boring to watch by any means. Like, you could tell he was having a lot of fun up there, but it was, like, it felt like he was making it up a lot as he went, as opposed to uh, having a coordinated, tight show, if that made yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I'm not knocking him at all. He was great. He's awesome. I love. I don't want. Please, Harry Styles stands. Don't eat me alive, because they will. Um, I, not that I think they watch this show. Um, but I love Harry Styles. He's actually really good. Um, and the music. He's kind of underrated, I think, as far as not underrated as far as like he's very popular. I think he's very underrated in people who don't listen to pop music, like non-teenage girls. Like he's underrated. Like he's actually a serious mm-hmm. artist. He writes some really good songs. He sings really well, um, and he's underrated to people who listen to like more like organic, like rock music and that sort of style of music. They listen to older music, and you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely has that like, like for for a lot of his songs, I feel like they have like, kind of like a retro vintage vibe, and it's like you can Peter, tell it's like. like it's like Peter Gabriel. That's what I've always thought. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. He's actually cited him as one of his biggest influences, so it makes it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. This is music and the sound of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you were saying about new kids on the block? Yeah, I cuz so my my parents they just love music and love seeing live shows, so they would drag me to anything like when I was yeah, yeah so like when I was like five and Xavier was like two like we saw Journey and that was like our my first concert <sighs> and then yeah so like oh it's God. just like live shows all the time so we saw New Kids on the Block and opening up for them yeah. was Boys to Men and Paul Abdul bro I saw Boys to Men Boys to Men are so good I want to have harmonies they're like so that so fucking good yeah yeah, I saw Boys to Men. Tight. They opened for Bruno Mars in Philadelphia. That was the best. That was the best concert that, I've ever been oh to. Oh my! I want to see Bruno Mars so badly. What is tickets? Bruno are- Mars. Bruno. Bruno Mars. Okay, do you want to laugh about the ticket prices? Yeah, yeah. Bruno Mars. The exact same seats. I was in the second row. Second row. On the floor in front of Bruno Mars in Philadelphia. That's crazy. Do you want to laugh? 
Uh-huh. The ticket, those same tickets, that's those same, they weren't seats, you stood, but that same area for Bruno Mars in New York was like five times the price. I so we drove him, four that's... hours to Philadelphia to see him. Uh-huh. And it was the greatest live show I've ever seen. Now, you want to talk about coordination. That guy has a show planned out to a T. He's got different, like, not like skits, but like like different like bits that he does with the band and like the stage and like audience interactions and choreography yeah. and lighting and pyro and like he breaks it down and he his guitar solos and like it just insane. Like the amount of like things that he did in one show and how tight and coordinated it was. And his voice live is just he's off the chart. Anyone everyone knows Bruno Mart is like one of the greatest singers of our time, our generation. Um, but it, it was insane. And do you want to laugh? The the thing, the tip of the iceberg, and the thing that the cherry on top for me was Boys mm-hmm. to Men opening the show. They weren't even his opening act on tour. Oh, they were just there for that show. You don't want to know why. Why? And this made why? me happier than anything. I found out that Boys to Men was coming on in the audience. I was standing there, and Boys to Men came out, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Like, I was so <laughs> pleasantly surprised. And when I say pleasantly surprised, it was the most pleasant surprise I've ever received in my entire life because you know who was supposed to open for him? Who? I got to miss Cardi B. <laughs> Dude, that's a hell of a And it was the happiest day of my life. Oh, my God. It was the happiest day of my life. Thank God she had a baby just in time so I could not have to sit through that for 45 minutes. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's, I mentally that's prepared crazy. myself before the show. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to stomach her twerking for 30 <laughs> minutes and gibberish nonsense sex lyrics. But I didn't have to go through that. Instead, I got some of the greatest harmonies and R&B vocals on this planet. And they are, Boyz II Men is just unbelievable. It was like, that was one of the greatest shows. That was the greatest show I've ever, and it was worth the journey. And I would have went another four Mm -hmm. hours to see that if I had known that that was the experience. So, yeah, definitely. You should put Bruno Dude, on, your, um, yeah. on your list. Uh, he, I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but I just had the uh-huh. I just had a great voice to Ben story I could not share. Uh-huh. Um, no, but that's yeah, crazy. So you, and Paul Abdul? Yeah, Paul Paul Abdul and she was uh I I forgot what song it is, but the, it's like in the in the music video it's like with the animated uh I guess like fox or some sort of animal and she was like doing the choreograph like with the backdrop, um, and all like, right. yeah, it was it was it was really cool. Oh, opposite cool to, to see track. All that. Yeah, yeah, opposite opposite to track. That that's what it is. It's just cool yeah. to see like coming from a rock rock perspective and like, um, like at the okay. time I like wouldn't that... really think. Uh huh. No. I get exactly what you're saying. I don't mean I don't. I'm not going to cut you off. I want you to finish because then I think it'll segue perfectly into what we're going to get into. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was saying from a from a rock perspective, where most of the time the live shows are like a ton of flashing lights, of course the big screens, and then like four guys playing playing their music, doing what they know, like like Metallica for example. 
which we'll get into mm-hmm. later because I I saw them. Um, yeah, they yeah. don't have they don't have choreography at at all. They don't they don't really plan their movement. They don't. <laughs> but like like you, can, you just, can't imagine. I was just imagining. I was just imagining. I was just imagining Kirk Hammett and Lars Ulrich doing like choreography. Yeah. Well, James Hetfield doing a tap dancing solo. The, the, Robert Chahiro so getting down to that hip hop groove. Oh yeah. Well, like yeah. Well, now now that I think about it, they do have like their little bits of choreography because you have Lars going like standing on his stool, going like <laughs> doing that thing, you know. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Lars has wait. Lars has coordinated stage moves in every show. Like when you yeah, watch him he drum, does the you same just thing see... every single show. Yeah, he sticks his he has the sticking his tongue out. He st- he puts his one leg on stool, like does the like thing and then has like when he when he them, goes like... to the symbol, when he goes to the symbol and he starts <laughs> Yeah. Fox character. Yeah. And then you have then you have Robert doing his like crab thing. The crab walk. I don't think my camera's low. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, but exactly. The thing, but, but I know what you mean. When you talk about, you don't mm-hmm. mean like they have a plot, like Bruno, for example, is like, we're going to do a bit at this point in the show during this song where we go to this side of the audience and we have them do, like, you guys yell yeah. this word and then I go over here and you go this and we go back and forth and it becomes like a interaction. Like they don't have, or like they do a banner thing. Like that's like scripted. Mm-hmm. Like they don't do that kind of stuff. Bands don't typically do that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, it's yeah. So and it's yeah, interesting, it was, like you said, seeing a rock non-rock show where they do this sort of thing, and it's like it's just a different perspective. Yeah, yeah it's a different perspective, totally, totally different vibe. Because I feel like I feel like with pop, it's it's a lot more about the the show, the the big showmanship, the big show. Whereas, like with rock, yeah. I mean, there, there's a there's a few ex, uh, exceptions, like like Maiden, Slipknot, like the very theatrical like metal bands. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the, but uh, mostly like you're there for to hear the live music. Wait, the one band that you, you're not allowed to mention on this show. <laughs> we're, we're not gonna mention that band. <laughs> yeah, but but they they do fall they do fall into that. But um yeah, if you've watched this show before, you know exactly who we're talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no counter just... for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Our goal is to have one episode where the count one none of the counters go off. Yeah. We we oh, probably so already funny. hit some already. We we just unconsciously just a... did it at this point. It's just it's yeah. so ingrained in like like the it's the it's the choreography of our show, you know. It just becomes <laughs> so great into the show at this point. Exactly. Um, no, but yeah, I get what you're getting at, and I think that leads perfectly into a topic I wanted to touch on. Mm-hmm. Is like, like in general, I think that the fact that we're talking about any kind of other show but a rock show. And this goes back into my rants that I've had several times on the show about rock fans and how they infuriate me. Jonah, Mm -hmm. you know this. Yes. Um, (laughs) But 
I think it goes back into it because just us having this conversation about Bruno Mars and Paula Abdul and Boys to Men, it's like, and New Kids on the Block, and like just us talking about seeing that, just seeing that and enjoying it is automatically makes us posers or like that we're fake or corporate. And oh, mm-hmm. we're into the mainstream. We're not really rock. Like it's just, it's just some, it's just bullshit stuff that they tell themselves to feel like they're cool. Like yeah, I, I, I feel like the coolest thing on the planet is like being inclusive, and like it's just about music. If music is good, it's good. If someone is a good mm-hmm. performer, they're good at performing. They put on a good show. That's what matters. Like, good music is good music. Like, and I think the concept of, and I, a lot of people that we've studied under and that we've learned from um, in the past, Jonah, have touched on this several times, uh, including Melissa Mulligan of Music Career Mastermind. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Um, but I think, and I'm starting to realize this, and I'm starting to accept it myself, I think the idea of genre as we know it is kind of dying, and not because of music. Music still fits under what we know as genre based their core elements of things that make things genres, right? Like rock Mm -hmm. driving drums and heavy guitars. That's rock. We know this, uh, hip hop, like those trap trap and in rapping and like that's hip hop, right? There's certain Mm -hmm. elements of things that make things, but I think the more and more we move on the way to innovate and become more interesting is, and I'm noticing this is the mixture of different genres and it the idea of genre as we know it is kind of dying and kind of becoming extinct because of the fans because they're not accepting the new stuff as under that under that term and that label yeah like and this, this goes well. especially to rock and metal like these are the most infuriating people on the planet like if you mm-hmm. don't make music like that sounds exactly like nirvana Guns and Roses, Led Zeppelin, Greta Van Fleet, Greta, <laughs> uh, but Black Sabbath, Ozzy. Like, if you don't make music, it sounds exactly, exactly like these old people. And, like, if your music is, <laughs> I don't know when this happened to the music industry. If your music is interesting and unique and different and groundbreaking, well, then actually, no, you're just not at, you're not at really rock music. You're not really metal music. You're just you're a poser. You're pretending to be us when you're not. Mm-hmm. It's just mind boggling to me. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. I mean, Jonah, are these smart? Like, I don't I don't know how far you're willing to go. I will say these are not smart people. Do not listen to these. That that that, that is not. Like every single era, every single decade for like a hundred years now, like since recording, right? That is how music Mm -hmm. has evolved. It's how it's like, think of rock, the idea of what rock music was in the 50s and 60s. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, and Elvis. Think of that. Then did you just go ahead 20, 30 years? And we're talking about. Bon Jovi and Jovi, Def Leppard, Def Leppard and, and Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, going into Nirvana and Alice in Chains, and like, <laughs> and that was still rock because things are supposed to evolve and innovate and move forward. <laughs> but the our rock has become not rooted in its traditions; it's become stuck 
in its negative in this negative mindset of being rigid and really stubborn. And like that yes. uh-huh. is what is holding back the genre. And that's why it's not going anywhere. And that the, the thing is also on top of that, if you want to talk about that as well, there are fans of new rock music. Even that is stuck in rigid in its own way because it has its own like the new rock music has like its own thing and like like these really like low end in your face guitars and like these super oversampled compressed drums. Um and you know what I'm talking about, Jonah. A lot of mm-hmm. people are doing this nowadays, and there's nothing wrong with it. I dig a lot of it, actually. I listen to a lot of it. But if it doesn't sound exactly like that, too, it's not rocks or metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just think I don't know when the irony of trying to be like rock is supposed to be about standing apart from the crowd and being different and being about uh, being an unconformist. And they say they're all these things, but yet they tell you you're not any of these things when you're different than them and you don't blend into their trend. It's some it's some deep level psychology of hypocrisy. Uh Yes. Exact Jonah, you get exact. They're they're the biggest mm-hmm. hypocrites and just stubborn assholes I've ever met in my entire life. It's kind of crazy. I I don't know, Jonah. Uh-huh. I mean, you see it too all the time. It's like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's 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 really it's really weird because what? Yeah, like you were saying, like with the Beatles and the Stones, and that that being what rock was originally like if you if if the beatles came out today right and yeah they started to be a band they would not be considered rock at all they would be considered like the poppiest of pop bands like in this day and age (laughs) which is crazy in height and what's crazy is a lot of people in hindsight consider them pop now which is insane to me like that, you can go back and insane. relabel people. Yeah, no, I don't. I that that doesn't make sense. You can't go back relabel people. And if you look at like what what rock is, what the rock fans are against right now, because they're 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 very anti mainstream right now. That that's oh my god, it. it's, it, it's the music like, they listen to. Yeah, and when you see the rock throughout, like like the top rock bands, like throughout the whole thing. They're very pop rooted, like um, yes, g- like Guns N' Roses, like Sweet Sweet Child of Mine, Welcome to the Jungle. All of those are very pop pop uh, based, like Nirvana, yeah. like Kurt Cobain. Oh like so many people have said this, Kurt Cobain is the one of the greatest pop writers of all time. It's just like through yeah a grunge like. It's you take that song and then put it through a grunge filter, grunge, and then rock production, and stuff like that. Um, but dude, so much grunge is pop. Uh-huh. Grunge was pop. I've had this discussion with one of my dear Jonah. You know him as well. I'm hoping to get him on the show one day. Shout out. He watches mm-hmm. every single episode of this show. Nick Nesbitt, mm-hmm. uh, yes, tenor opera singer, our vocal coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's awesome. Best vocal coach. Best uh, vocal coach ever. Yes, totally. Uh, we've discussed, I've discussed this with him. He grew up in the era of grunge. And he was saying, that was, that was, that was pop radio. 
was grunge. Because so much of that music is hooky, catchy, effective, repetitive. That's all pop music is. Pop means popular. That's all it means. I don't know when That's pop. What I've been saying for the so term pop, long. I don't know when the term pop became like a genre. Pop isn't a genre. It's just popular. It's just what's popular. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny because I've been saying this to my friends for years. Like, and I, like, I would tell them, like, the rock that I listened to in, like, like, eighth, eighth grade and stuff, like, which was, like, Van Halen, like, like, the, the mainstream stuff, stuff you think of, of Van Halen, Bon Jovi, like, all the glam metal bands, I would tell them, oh God, they yeah. were pop at a time, because pop means popular, <laughs> pop means Dude, popular, they nuts. were the biggest thing at the time. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, and the thing is, like, when you think of country, or hip-hop, or R&B, soul, rock, metal, all these different genres, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think genre means formula. It means a specific kind of song. I think it yes. means tone, vibe, mood, aesthetic. That is what these genres mean. And there are mm -hmm. certain ingredients that go into a rock song. But if a rock song is hooky and effective and has elements like if it if it's a rock song it has distorted guitars and drums and bass and vocals like right up front and it sounds like a band and it's like heavy but it also is super simple and effective and catchy that's still a rock song because yes. those are rock is just the ingredients that go into it. At the end of the day, the ingredients still come up. And what's the overall genre of the dish? You know what I mean? Like you're serving yeah. people. But uh -huh. pop, pop could be anything. I consider Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion pop music because they are what's charting right now. Cardi B, Olivia Rodrigo, Post Malone, and like even when uh, Slipknot released their album and went to number one. I would even say... I would even argue that's pop music because it's popular. Yeah. The most it's... famous things in any genre are pop. Pop is not a genre. I'm sorry. It's really not. Um, pop is I think the there are other terms. That... <laughs> when people think of pop, they think of a certain kind of sound. I don't mm -hmm. know if it should be called pop. I agree that there. that's just like rock or metal or country. It is its own mm -hmm. thing, and they are their own ingredients that make up a what in people's minds are considered a pop song. But I think that should kind of be rethought because I think there should just be another term. Like, I don't even know what you call that, but there are. There are like subcategories of pop, like dance music and disco, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. EDM, and like, so there are electronic, and like, there are things, but like, saying like and it's it's like when you make something that's a hybrid of things which i think music is supposed to be i don't think you're supposed to be a direct copycat of someone else or mm -hmm. else like why why the fuck are you doing this like you can't then just be rejected by a community because you don't sound exactly like everything that's happened before like that that's I, we could go on and on about that but yeah i think that's kind of all i have to say about that right now jonah do you have any like last things to say about that before we get into like the like last, like the 
other part of the live shows we want to talk about? Um, I don't. I don't think I have too much to add. I just think it's mind-boggling, like the way the way genres reject what's not like the mainstream in that genre. Because there's yeah, so I know exactly. Yeah, well, main, but, you say mainstream, the metal and rock don't even want that, which is crazy. It's like you don't want uh -huh. the art. You, so they they're they're posers. They're not really fans. They're posing as fans because if they were really fans, they'd want the artists to get as much love and recognition and popularity as possible. But they don't really care about that. They care about instead. They care about this these weird made up rules that they've set for themselves. Yeah, they they trap themselves and, in and a box. Rock is about rule breaking. Mm -hmm. They're just a, they're just a yeah. bunch. Of, they're just a whole bunch of fucking hypocrites. I can't stand them. Yeah, and not uh -huh. all rock fans. There's just, there are great rock fans, and I have those fans. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the, there's a specific group of rock fans. When you use the word rock, these people get all triggered. I, I it's just it. They are. I mean, Jonah, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but from your experience, like these people are just like. They're, they they go get they're they're just like the biggest hypocrites. Yeah, they they are. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll dive deeper into this topic because I definitely want to expand more on this in a in a yeah. future episode. Um, yeah. Because we 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 could go on on and on oh and my on. God. About There's so much. This. So there I want, is so I much more this to for say about this. Yeah. We. I, I. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Nick and I were actually talking about this for like. 30 minutes before the episode <laughs> we were yeah no because it, it, it and i think you know it's an is an important conversation to have so i think we should mm -hmm. like give it the time and love and energy it deserves and we'll talk well next week we're going to talk about that yeah so yeah so um but getting into next week for that 40 part. minutes in uh -huh. <laughs> the, the the uh bulk of the like the main topic of the episode um mm -hmm. So you talking about seeing all these different shows and these live shows. Um, I want you just quickly, like, I would love to hear in a couple of sentences or like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to time constrict you. I would just love mm -hmm. to know, like, basically in simple terms, the biggest differences you see between your shows or like other bands at our level. Um, and then like you going to see Metallica, for example. And like, uh, there's the the obvious ones, of course, but like, the things that like you see that are s more subtle differences, um, and just kind of like, even flaws, things that you like in both, flaws that you see in both, uh, th in your opinion, need to change. I would love to hear this because you're definitely into that live uh -huh. music world, even more than I am. So like, I would love to hear all this. Yeah. Well, when. Uh, when comparing those two shows, they're completely like opposite ends of the spectrum. There, there, there aren't like in in my opinion, at least, there aren't very many sim similarities. Besides, like it's it's a band playing and like they're they're like they're like playing playing their music and and stuff. Cause um, like one thing at like our level of doing gigs is we don't do many headlining shows because we we have to we're just finding a ton of like things so we're like being and we're being grouped with like bands that like we're 
like there isn't like a specific group that we could like fit in because like 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 what we were saying with metal and rock it's like there's so many like subgenres and stuff that it's really hard to find a band like a lineup of smaller bands that will all fit the same uh that have a thing well I'll, i know what you mean yeah that that all have the say, same thing yeah and, and like appeal to the same audience um we've been lucky to play with a few bands that that match the same audience but like there's some where it's like like new new metal thrash stuff where it's like the screaming and stuff and then like we're like we don't we don't fit in here whereas like when the the bigger bills like metallica and stuff i feel like they can appeal like when they when they build their lineup even though they might not fit into the same categories like metallica had um five finger death punch wolf wolfgang van halen pantera and ice nine kills right like i feel yeah. like a lot of people nowadays in the rock and metal community wouldn't consider them under the same they they were they're like different kind of different things. The closest thing there is Pantera and Metallica because they came from that oh, yeah. thrash uh, groove metal era. But like Wolfgang Van Halen, he isn't as heavy as them. And then Five Finger Death Punch, that's like the whole new metal thing. And but the reason the reason I I think people like will be there to listen to all of them is because they all have that kind of mainstream appeal that we're talking about that like the rock the rock and metal community don't want but then like when they see it in bands like that they want it <laughs> it's I, I, I don't even we, we could, it, it, what are we calling this episode biggest the the story of the hypocrites i, 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 don't, yeah. I don't know what to say oh my we, god see we, we we make it a question are rock fans the biggest hypocrites on the planet and then we get engagement <laughs> That is such a clickbait title, and we're going to use that on the next episode. Yes. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um, I would love to hear you expand more on, because like we just talked about, and I think that's where, and we if we talk about grunge, like mm -hmm. and or glam, or like that comes from scenes, I think, because the reason mm -hmm. all those bands were similar to each other, and they said because they all came from the same place, and they all played with one another, and then their music. Mm -hmm kind of they all started out playing covers in similar places in like same venues and then when they started writing music and stuff and they started they were all in each other's bands and they all played with each other and they all again ended up in their especially grunge ended up in their mm -hmm. retrospective bands what ended up happening is like their musical influences like started to bleed into each other so when they all wrote songs and they all made music and they all played their music, they all had, even though you could tell the bands apart, like Pearl Jam is obviously different than Nirvana is different than Soundgarden is different than Alice in Chains is different than Stone Temple Pilots, but they all kind of have this thing about them that's similar. And I think that's where a music scene really like, or Barry a thrash or all these things like, I think that's where a music scene really like th this is where this is where this idea of things sounding 
a certain way was ingrained into rock mm-hmm. and metal fans because that's the way it always was. Like these all they all sounded similar to each other because they all came up together. But because we live in such a digital era where everything is like separated and like we're all like competing individually for our own space mm-hmm. and everybody's got to be this different, unique thing. It's like the reason rock doesn't succeed or thrive in that is because of this old mindset. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where because these scenes don't exist anymore because everyone's using the Internet now instead of real uh-huh. in-person and- live shows. And I've always believed that if you just hear a band play live, like that is like that is so much more powerful than hearing their song on Instagram and following them. Yes, that that is I I do agree with that so much. There's been so many instances where I have not liked a band and then I've seen them live and then it changes my whole outlook on them, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> I could I could say even with like like there it's been that way with like even some like bigger bands like Corn, I did not understand Corn for the longest time. I saw them opening up for System of a Down, changed my whole perception of them. I love them now. <laughs> yeah. See, the uh-huh. thing is, the thing is about it is there's a magic. There's such a magic to seeing people live. And it doesn't matter if they're a band or they're a solo artist or whatever, but seeing someone or a group of people perform live, there's mm-hmm. this energy and there's this thing about it that you can't describe. And what's really, really cool about it is like like you said it can change your whole perception of um of a of a of an artist or a band mm-hmm. and i think there's just such a connection point and i think that if you can tell me if i'm wrong but i think that is also the one major common factor no matter how small or how big a show is is that audience connection whether you're playing to 200 people or you're playing to 20,000 people like that connection with the audience and like that thing that happens when you play that doesn't change no matter how big you get or how small you are. That, that is true. That, that is like the one thing that will forever stay the same, but that, that connection, like that, that's the most, that in my opinion, the most important thing about a live show. That's, that's what makes me want to keep playing live shows. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I, 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 I am totally 100% with you. There is nothing better than that as an artist, too, like playing mm-hmm. to people. Like, that's that's not why we, we did not get into this to constantly for people to watch our videos and for people to like our social media content. Like, <laughs> that's not why we got into this. No. We want to make music. We want to share that music with people in person. I think there's a magic and there's a power to that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I truly believe that. And Ed Sheeran, you know who's great proof of that is someone who's totally the opposite of rock music. But I think he's an mm-hmm. excellent case study of this. And it just proves that it doesn't matter what genre you are, that this works. I don't know if you know anything about Ed Sheeran's story. Like, what's funny is while he, before he blew up on the internet and, you know, his like the videos he was making online on YouTube were going viral. He mm-hmm. was doing the old school thing when the when the industry was in that weird purgatory period. 
where it was like, and this is the second time I've used the word purgatory in this show. I never say this word, <laughs> by the way. I don't know why I'm feeling it today. Um, but it was in this weird standstill where we were going towards the digital age, but we were still in the old school. And it was like the transition period where like both were happening at the same time. Oh, and uh-huh. Ed Sheeran coming up, like studios were both using tape and also recording on Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. At, like I'm talking about that era. Like late 2000s, early 2000s, 10s. Um, but Ed Sheeran was building a following the old-fashioned way. He was playing live to people, just him and his guitar and his loop pedals, and he was attracting a fan base in his area and building people and building them up and having them follow him on social media so they could see where he was playing next. And, and eventually he did blow up and did go viral on the internet, but he had this core, such a foundation of fans and people who love to see him live. And he really had that connection because he was meeting these people. Um, and that really is what I think gave him sustainability. Uh, if you look at someone like Beyonce, could you imagine if Beyonce after her stadium shows went up to each person who showed up and shook their hand and got to know them? That would no. That would be right? insane. You, it, it's not possible. <laughs> but when Destiny, Ch- when she started in Destiny's Child, and they were playing for like an auditorium of fifty people, she used to. When the other two girls would go home, she would stay there, and she would meet each person and get to know them and thank them for coming and build a connection and relationship with them to create a sustainable thing, and. Really create a solid foundation. Taylor Swift did the same thing. These are some of the biggest artists of all time. There's Mm -hmm. something to learn from this is that that in-person connection that you make with people in a live show, and it really starts to – it's a real thing, and it's really powerful. And I think people are kind of like falsely believe that – because we live in such a digital era now that live shows really don't matter that much. You don't really have to do them. You can make all your money doing live streams at home and you can in social media content and selling merch. Like you can do that. You can do that. I just don't think you're going to be a powerful artist or a sustainable yeah. artist mm-hmm. because there's, you can't compete with that in-person thing. And, and this is just my opinion. I don't know if you agree with it, but like, I think that, when you do that, it sets you up for success way more. And there's just something to be said about that. It, like when you know a person in person and it's just so much more gravity and weight and you just care so much more about that. Um, that That's just my two cents. I don't know what your perspective is on that. No, but. I, I totally ag- agree with what you're saying about, I feel like the digital era has, Kind of put a barrier between artists it's ironic. and it's called, and it's called social. It's called social media, and it's meant to have us be more connected. But I don't think we've ever been more disconnected as a human race. Yes, that yeah, exactly. Because like live shows, and like I'm I'm not not bashing people who who live stream. But like the the difference no, between not. like yeah like in person. No, I think it's shows, cool. I think to, if you yeah, do it in I, addition, I like the, it's actually kind of a cool thing to connect with yeah, people. I, who, I, like, yeah, who I like, aren't I like doing area. both of them. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but like in in like live live shows with with that in person connection and like you they're like the little things like if you when like I'm singing and I make eye contact with someone give like a little yeah. wave like during during a solo 
people remember those things. People won't yeah. remember. Like, like they remember people. They don't remember what happened. They don't remember what you did. They remember how you made them feel. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's hard to get that feeling think, across through digital. I don't think digital. with social media, people are feeling anything. I think everyone's very numb. Yeah, it's very mind-numbing. They don't do any... I feel, I feel like people use social media just to turn off their brain. Escape their life. Yeah, escape, escape their life, it's turn crazy. off their brain. Uh-huh. Which, yeah, yeah. it's not, not a good thing. But um, like, could you imagine going and watching TV? You know what social media has become? I actually mm-hmm. haven't had a conversation with this uh, this conversation with someone recently. But in a nutshell, if you think about it, imagine when you turn on your TV, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to like, and you're watching TV. How social media started? It was just TV shows, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was like, oh my god, great! Twenty four hour television, no commercials. This is great, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Netflix, perfect example. Netflix started out, you just watch things, everything's on demand, and nothing's interrupting you or stopping you. As the platforms build up and they become more popular, what ends up happening is they have so many users that are like, wait, there's so many people trying to sell things on here. What we can do is we can introduce ad programs. So then what happens is not only are you getting commercials, but you're being bombarded by commercials. And it's the same thing with TV, right? Mm-hmm. When you're watching television show. And a commercial for a any bit Jonah, give me any business that might have a commercial. Um, Target. Target. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. So let's say a Target commercial comes onto the to, onto the screen right while you're watching TV, mm-hmm. right? Same thing. You're yeah. scrolling through your feed, which is the channels you like to watch, right? Mm-hmm. And a commercial for Target comes up, right? Yeah. Are you gonna feel? No matter what that commercial says, no matter what that commercial does, are you ever going to feel personally connected and really care about that commercial as much as the TV show you were just watching? No. (laughs) There it is. And (laughs) there it is. Modern day marketing has turned us into commercials when playing live and connecting with people and doing tours and the thing Coley was talking about, that connection of getting in Mm -hmm. a van and touring around and meeting people and really interacting with them and creating that fan base. We used to be the main event, the TV show, the thing you came to watch. Now we've turned into commercials. And it doesn't matter what you do, people are not, even if they love that commercial, and when it comes on, it's like, oh my God, if you, you imagine you're watching TV and your friend comes over and you're like, well, have you seen this commercial? It's pretty funny, right? Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, you're, once the commercial ends, you're not going to keep talking about it. The show's going to come back on and you're going to f- not think about it. Yeah, you're going to forget about the commercial. Uh-huh. So, so you get what I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. I feel like personally connecting with people and doing these live shows is so vital and so important because then you build that connection with them. And then when they come into your social media, you have become the TV show to them and not the commercial. Yes. That, it's some pretty mind-blowing stuff. Uh huh. I literally just had this thought the other day and I was like, I got to talk about this on the show because we were talking about doing a live show episode. Um, but yeah. Um, and before we, I, before we run out of time, I don't mean to like cut into you here, the, but, um, oh, I no, just want to mention real quick. I would love to hear your take on this. 
Mm-hmm. So I saw Daughtry live, and they really cool. They did like this unplugged thing, but like almost like MTV unplugged. So it was mm-hmm. like their concert, but like there was a drum kit, but he was playing with like like uh, brushes, and like they were playing acoustic guitars and acoustic electric bass instead of like electric guitars. So it was like the MTV mm-hmm. concert. It's not like just like one guy and yeah. acoustic guitar, but it's like it's cool, you know. So yeah, it's a yeah. whole band doing an acoustic thing. Um, and I really love that. It's a really stripped down and a way to connect with the audience more. I loved it. But the thing that I'm getting at is, uh, Aaron Jones, one of the best modern rock artists out there, in my opinion, he was the opening act and I could not wait to see him live. So I get there and first thing I notice is about half the people, like half the seats are empty, right? No one shows up to see the opening act. That's number one. Number two, people are, I'm trying to take videos and I sent Jonah and, and he was like, well, what's going on? People were, t- you, right? What, what was going on in the video while Aaron Jones was up there performing with his acoustic guitar and him and his bass player were up there? Yeah, it was, it was wild. Yeah, I was watching Nick's, Nick's story and like in these videos, like pretty much as loud as the music, I could hear like multiple people having like full-on conversations just not paying attention to just the music blatantly at all. ignoring it was, him yeah it was pretty much like just background music for them it's like if you're at yeah. a club and there's like music going on that's like how they were treating the show which i thought was bizarre because i feel like when you go to a live show you go there to experience live the live music kind of kind of have it take you out of your world, yeah. they bring you into theirs, and then, yeah, it's just a time to escape your life for a little bit, right? Yeah, and then but that's be the, part of that's something bigger. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. I, the reason I wanted to segue into it like this, and they weren't paying attention to the opening. This is nothing new. Everyone who's ever been an opening act mm-hmm. and became a headliner will tell you. People didn't. People gave up because it was too fucking hard. Because mm-hmm. when you're the opening act, you get stepped on. This is a this is a really infamous thing. A lot mm-hmm. of people will tell you about this. Is like there are certain artists, and they'll be like, you know, being the opening act is one of the hardest moments of your career because it's like you don't get any priority from the venue. You really you, sometimes you don't even get a sound check. There's no like you're not the priority is the opening the the main act the headliner. Um, mm-hmm. And then the audio you come out and the audience doesn't even care about you because they didn't show up to see you. They showed up to see that person. And the reason I wanted to segue into that perfectly is because it's the same thing on social media that you're experiencing in this situation when you're the opening act. You are the commercial to the headliners TV show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, that's so true. This is so, that, so it, trippy to think about. <laughs> it's really trippy, and it's messed mm-hmm. up. Like you said, when people go, they should let go. You come there to enjoy the music, and you should just show up and and, and, and be open to that. It goes into many mm-hmm. things that we talk. I'm glad that we're closing on this because I think it goes into many things that we talked about on this episode. It goes mm-hmm. into the lack of open mindset in the community. It goes into people not caring about something that is new, and it goes into you know the, the just like commercial like people. And it that's it kind of goes hand in hand. 
people not caring about something new and the whole commercial analogy. It's basically they support each other. But it, it kind of all ties back into that when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's it's I I think as much as I try to process it, it's not that I don't I will I understand what's going on very clearly. I, I just can't wrap my head around why, you know? What I mean? I, I know what's I going on. Uh-huh. I see it 100%, and you do too. It's just like, why? I don't understand this mindset, any of these mindsets. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a weird thing, and like, it really is. Uh huh. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much all. All I have to say. It's such a such a weird thing, and not not knowing it's not knowing that why that really really gets to me sometimes. <laughs> And I'm, yeah. I'm sure it gets to, gets to you, because it's it, it, yeah trying it, to figure I, that I, out. Being I, I lose sleep. I genuinely lose sleep some nights just thinking about this. Like my mind won't shut off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I really it's something I lose sleep over. Like I, I, and this might be a very controversial thing to say, but I don't care. Some days I really desperately miss the days of record label gatekeepers. Because we had better music, number one, and number two, people seemed to care more about the music that was out there, and number three, there was just much more of a connection to uh, innovation, and people were so much more open-minded because they were just ready for whatever was being told was the next big thing to them. And uh-huh. some days I miss gatekeep the gatekeepers and the record labels being in charge in the music industry. I I genuinely can say from the bottom of my heart that I hate the streaming culture. And I don't care if that's I, controversial. That's just how I feel. I don't know what your perspective on what I, I just said is. That's <laughs> so hard. I've had so many conversations <laughs> with people in the last week where I say I hate the streaming services i hate the whole state like <laughs> that, that that it's an even though artists have a lot more creative control over their projects it's kind of that should like i'm glad about yeah, that that should be happening thing. that's the thing that uh-huh. i love but that's the that, that's the only thing that should have changed is like yeah, that's the record labels go they sign what they believe in and but then they let uh-huh. the thing they believe in like they sign what they signed up for that's the, that was the problem with many record labels is they'd sign something for a specific reason, like I believe in this thing, and then they try to change it. They change it completely. Yeah. Which doesn't make any well, sense. You signed it for a reason. But after that initial signing, they should just let it be. And it should have, the system should have stayed the same way. I hate to say this, but and I never will probably say this about any other topic, but I agreed with Lars Ulrich. Everyone shits on him and makes fun of him for this, but that whole Napster thing, he couldn't have been more right, and more people should have listened to him. I yeah I could I complete I completely agree with that. It's it's weird. Uh, one thing about the like artists having like pretty much complete creative control over over their thing, and I I feel yeah. like you you and I have both experienced this. Even though we have creative control of our image, and we'll yeah. we'll cover we'll get like more in depth in this in the next episode as well. Yeah, so yeah. I I kind of want to do this as like a lead into the next episode. I love it. Cliffhanger. That thing. That's what I'm all about. Uh huh. It's like even though we have complete creative control, we still are being gatekept by 
the audience. By fans now. Which is weird. They yeah, have assumed fans. the position so of that the, the record industry, labels used to hold. Yeah, so instead of the industry where they actually know something and they know yeah, exactly. like wait, 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 how where to they do know things based off of analytics, statistics, past experiences and working with other artists, we're dealing yeah. with people who have no Everyone. idea about we're anything. We're dealing with the world. Music. <laughs> we're dealing with people with no idea what they're talking about uh -huh. and they've become the gatekeepers. That's insane. To me. Yeah. That's insane. To me. And it goes back it's... to being 18 years old. And me feel like I'm not uh -huh. ready to be an adult yet. It's like, I can't handle the, I just turned 18. I can't handle the responsibility of being an adult. Just as these people don't know anything <laughs> about music or the music industry should not have the responsibility of being the gatekeepers and controlling the music industry. Yeah, it's. It makes sense, right? When you think a, about it. Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. And it's, it's totally well. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious for you, you viewers. I want you yeah. you guys to let us know what you think about yes. all this. Let us. I, I'm curious what you guys think is the why behind all all the stuff that that we're talking about. We, I want to hear your guys' opinions and stuff. So let us know down in the comments, and then we'll we'll talk yeah. about it. Yep. I know we're, we might even get some hate. But, you know, I, I don't even care. Just everyone everyone thinks they're a music critic nowadays. They don't know anything. Mm -hmm. So but I'll just leave it on that. I think this is a great cliffhanger and segue into our next episode. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited to have this conversation now because I think it's Me one too. of the most important. And no uh -huh. one, no one, no one in the fucking industry is talking about this. And that is the part that's even more mind-boggling is to me is no one is having this conversation. Yeah, no it's like, how? <laughs> you all see it. No one's willing to say anything. Uh-huh. It's, it's, Everyone just you, touches on it. They just go, they uh -huh. say this thing or this thing or this thing. No one's willing to just rip open the door and expose the entire room of bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to That's talk why we're about here, man. this. Uh-huh. That's why we're here. That's why we do the thing. Um, mm -hmm. Well. Exactly. That's great way to lead off. Uh, until next time, my name is Nick Valley. My name is Jonah Doc and I, and we're... I love that you pegged the one on that. And this is Rev Rock Revolution! Rev Rock Revolution! <laughs> All right, peace out, guys. See you guys. Been real.